0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: What's up, Hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgan's host of today's episode of Startup Hustle covering all things e-commerce and Amazon. Founder of Magnology. so we're covering a lot of Amazon today. I'm excited to get into it with today's guest, Matt Ramuzzi. But before I make an introduction and get him on on the air, um, let's give a shout out to today's sponsor, Helium 10, cutting-edge software that helps you grow your business on Amazon. Start Hustle puzzle of listeners get 50% off their first month of Helium 10 Platinum when you go to helium10.com and use the code hustle at checkout. Don't wait. To get 50% off your first month, go to helium10.com and use code HUSTLE. Um, I've said it before, but Helium 10 has been a great player in this space and, and helping uh, you know agencies just like mine kind of trailblaze and really make the most out of this platform for sellers um, day in and day out. So you won't be disappointed with them. Um, give, them give them a shout out. Check them out um, and let them know you came over from Startup Hustle. Matt? We've spoken before just as, you know, colleagues and want, you know, biz dev and just getting to know each other a little bit, but I'm super excited to have you on the show today.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah. uh, Matt DeCourcy, you know, made the intro. I think you've already been on the show, you know, kind of covering some different things. And, um, he said, Andrew, you got to talk to Matt, like, you know, a lot of his business has grown and and kind of kind of niched out around the Amazon space. I know it's not all, all that you do, but really helping Amazon sellers, um, understand their models, understand that marketplace, understand e-commerce. Um, let's get a little into your story and, and how did you get into this space?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, we were doing bookkeeping and accounting, uh, just for general kind of whoever, you know, general brick and mortar stores. And we had all kinds of, you know, the typical restaurant and doctors and lawyers and whatever. And one day, uh, we got a call from a guy who said, Hey, I have an Amazon business. Can you do the books for my kind of business? And I said, well, I haven't done it before, but i you know, we'll give it a shot. And we actually spent a lot of time kind of figuring out how the whole Amazon ecosystem worked and what reports to use and what reports not to use and how to figure out cost of goods sold and all that stuff. It turned into a huge education for us. Uh, But at the end of it, he was really happy and he said, this is great. This is something I can really make use of. And he said, by the way, I'm in a Facebook group and some other people have been asking, do you mind if I put your name out there? And I was like, no, great, go ahead. And, you know, here we are, 750 e-commerce clients later going, wow. <laughs> but it's so much it fun. a need, a big need. It, it was a huge need. And, um, you know, we've learned so much along the way and, and it changes all the time. You know, accounting can get a little bit repetitive in certain areas, but e-commerce is so interesting because... It's constantly shifting. It's constantly changing. We're always learning new stuff. You know, just a few years ago, right? Sales tax was the big thing. Everybody was concerned, how to register and pay and what's going on. And, and even that has just changed so much in the last couple of years. And now the big thing is, you know, there's a lot of people in the market doing these rollups, aggregators, buying up brands. And so now a lot of people are kind of thinking about exits, which, you know, in the normal business world, most owners of small businesses never think about the exit right they'll go 20 30 years running the business before they even think about oh maybe i could sell this but ecom is interesting because a lot of people from day one they're starting out thinking about an exit so it's just a fun space to play in i love working with entrepreneurs and you know being able to really help them out
1: no i think thank you matt that was a great summary and um it's interesting because i was in the same position it wasn't around tax but it was really just like poking my nose and seeing that there is, Hey, this seller needs help. This seller needs help. And, you know, I've been helping brands for nine years. Um, I don't know how long you've been in the space, but it's changed so much. Like it's changed, you know, tax nexus was a nightmare for me as a consultant, trying to tell people what to do and not being a tax professional, Um, you know, but I'm navigating their stores and trying to give them advice around this space. Um, Let's get into a couple of just like tactical questions for, for Mm -hmm. any of our listeners. Like, What do you think the main difference is between um, e-commerce bookkeeping or Amazon bookkeeping and just, you know, traditional?
0: Well, most bookkeeping doesn't uh, have to worry about inventory. Most, uh, you know, businesses that your typical bookkeeper is going to work with doesn't deal much with inventory. Obviously, on on the Amazon side and e-commerce in general, it's all about inventory, So that's an area that a lot of bookkeepers, just, you know, traditional kind of the local person or the local CPA office, they just don't have a lot of experience in dealing with that. And then the next thing that's different is, as you know, right, when you go into Amazon Seller Central, there's all kinds of reports, right? There's business reports and summary reports and inventory reports and all kinds of stuff. And the average person logging in for the first time, trying to figure it out, has no idea, you know, kind of how to do it. And then a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, well, forget it, forget you know trying to record everything. We'll just start with the Amazon deposits that you get every couple of weeks. But obviously with that, you're missing a huge chunk of what's really happening in your business, right? Yeah. So we always start with, here's your total sales and then we'll reduce the various fees that you're paying to Amazon for FBA and referral and ad spend and all that stuff. But you need to see that because that's an integral part of where your money is going. So if you just start with the money that they've deposited, you know, you could be losing as much as 40%, 50% in some cases of the sales that you're seeing. And now it's kind of hard to know, am I pricing my product right? Are my margins okay? So it's not so much that, you know, the the average bookkeeper doesn't know what they're doing or isn't qualified. It's just this space is really different and there's a lot going on. And if you're just walking into it for the first time, you don't know what you don't know, which turns out to be a lot.
1: You know, like someone like myself, not a tax professional, suggests softwares like Sellerboard or Helium 10, you know, our Mm -hmm. sponsor for today's show, where you can enter your cost of goods. And, you know, it's not tax, it's not accounting worthy, right? But from a glance, from a consultant perspective, from an overall view, you can be like, are, you know, I can help them make prices on shipping adjustments or pricing adjustments or advertising adjustments based around being able to see that visibility. So I mean that's huge for me. As soon as a brand comes to me and it's like, I don't know if we're making money or I don't know, you know, if we're price right or I don't know, I'm like, well, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I have to have some kind of visibility into your cost of goods and what's going on. And, you know, so I'm usually trying to plug in a software like that so we can actually have a conversation around it and give some actionable insights. Um, but very rarely are they able to say like, hey, here's a, you know, here's my my accounting or here's a profit loss statement of how the business is doing, because we have real candid conversations. You know, I'm talking to the CEOs or the owners most of the time, um, you know, as they're marketing a lot of times they're outsourced marketing team and saying, you know, wh- how are we doing this? We're not just marketing. We're we're handling the logistics, the inbound, the returns, you know, like all of those things as Amazon consultants and um, such a big, 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 big part of it. Uh, as someone I'm, I'm a young entrepreneur, you know, as well and uh, going on year seven of being out of my own uh, in the service based side, but you know, we help Amazon brands. So, Um, understanding one whole side, I still have to learn that within my own business. And, you know, I've just realized, um, you know, it was a very uh, intimidating uh, area to learn on my end. Um, I'd always knew how to run a personal budget or like, you know, a balance sheet, things like that. Uh, My parents, lucky that my parents taught me those things young. Um, But at a business, you know, doing having $100,000 in expenses a month, you know, in little increments here and there. Like, where's my money going? What are we spending it on? Like, is this software paying off for us? Like, you know, are we losing money and we don't even know? Um, Just so, so, so important to having a successful business and um, overall, whether it's service based or product based and e-commerce just makes it that much more complicated. You know, I was thinking about, have you heard of Afterpay? Mm -hmm. uh you know these like where people are paying in increments like i can't imagine some of the complexities that that brings where you're not collecting the exact payment but like that inventory has gone out uh and then it might take several more weeks you know before that's coming back in and then how do you close that out like that that alone makes my head just you know tingle a little bit like how would how does that work um you know, there's, there's a lot there. Um, So I can see why you've grown so much, even when brands are asking me to get them, hey, can you give me my account is looking for these reports or um, I'm like, okay, here's 50. (laughs) Like, have have some fun. Um, Yeah, you guys use this particular software that you guys, you know, or is it just really QuickBooks and like really understanding how to break down those those sheets? Um, What do you guys use to kind of um, help you with Amazon sellers?
0: Yeah, so I mean, we use QuickBooks online and you know, it works for everything from our startup clients all the way up to, we have a client that does $110 million a year in annual revenue. QuickBooks works great for that. As long as you understand its limitations, right? It's not an inventory tracker that you've got to do separately. Um, and also, you know, again, sometimes people want to shortcut things. They'll use software that plugs into Amazon and tries to dump data in. But what we found over and over again is unfortunately most of those softwares do not give you the accuracy that you want for accounting. It's great. Like you said, Helium 10 is a fantastic dashboard to see overall how you're doing, but different tools for different reasons, right? For accounting, you really want it to tie out to numbers that are reported to the government. And what we do a lot of, a lot of our clients are, uh, you know, in the process of being acquired. And so they want to survive due diligence, right? The, the buyers are, usually a lot of times lately backed by big investor funds. So when they're looking at an acquisition target, they're going to take that, that seller's information and send it over to a CPA firm or a forensic accounting firm. That's going to tear everything apart. And our work has to survive that and not come back with, Oh, well, that's weird. We didn't get this. And this is different. And there's holes here and this doesn't add up. So everything we do has to meet that standard, which is a higher standard than, you know, kind of what you want from your Helium 10 dashboard, right? That doesn't have to be the the penny. That just has to tell you, are my products working or not working? Are my margins good? Is there room for improvement? But for our stuff, we've got to get it dialed into the point where nobody can tear it apart and say, hey, that's wrong, or that didn't work, or that didn't add up. So learning how to do that and finding that data, putting it all together and surviving those kinds of, you know, examinations, that's the part that we're really good at.
1: I love that. And, um, no, it's so important and understanding what your end goal is, um, you know, and you you want, you don't want to give them a reason to lower the price that they offered, Right. Exactly. So it's kind of like a home inspection, you know, you're, you're hoping it comes back good, you know, so, cause you're not giving them a lot of negotiation power. Um, right. so I love that. Um, we, you know, I'm in the business of acquiring brands. So I'm learning a little bit about mergers and acquisitions. Um, and I'm sure there's some exits in my future, um, so very hot topics just personally, as I'm, you know, kind of navigating this space and, um, understanding everything that's going on around capital now in our market, moving towards Amazon sellers and Amazon brands and e-commerce in general. Um, it's a big shift and it's like, you know, as someone that's been in this space a long time, it's a little exciting, uh, because there's like now some big money coming in. Like you should see the, the different software that's just coming out so fast now, Um, because they're getting investment into this space, you know, and, and wanting to develop it. Oh, that's, you know, that's people are making, you know, $110 million in e-commerce, um, you know, and people having no idea what's really going on. Um, let's talk about some of the things that get Amazon sellers into trouble. Like what are some (laughs) of the things, um, you know, whether it's selling fees, storage fees, shipping fees, returns, refunds, um, projections, inventory, I'm sure it's all of the above, but, um, you know, whenever you come in, like, what is a lot of the, what are a couple of, a couple of things that sellers are doing, um, that you see almost every single time?
0: I would say one of the things we see pretty often is sellers. Uh, you know, when you only start, when you're starting out, you have three or four SKUs, right? It's easy to make sure that every skew is pulling its weight. But a lot of times when we get sellers, they get up to 50, hundred or more SKUs. What we'll find, we'll do an analysis of profit by skew we'll find that there's a bottom percent, 10%, 15%, even that are either barely breaking even, or even losing money. And what happens is the seller is focused on overall, my overall making money. Am I profitable every month? Yeah, great. I'm doing all right. But in fact, they could be doing a lot better if they would keep their SKU list really clean and not let stuff sit in inventory for a long time sell one or two units a month, or even sell stuff at a loss. And it's not hard to do, but it's just, you know, you've got so many other things going on. A lot of people tend to focus on the fun stuff, which is finding new products, launching new brands, you know, getting that stuff going. They focus on the revenue side, but it's really a data-driven business and if you're not careful, it's easy to let that stuff accumulate on the bottom side of your list, the lower selling SKUs that you figure, oh, well, it's fine. I make a buck or two on each one. It's, it's okay. But really you're tying up money. You could be putting into much better selling inventory by carrying sure. stuff that doesn't work that well. Or again, even, you know, sometimes the sellers we work with are shocked to find out, Hey, every time you sell one of these things, you lose five bucks, right? How many do you want to keep selling? So, that's one of those things they they are going on their gut or it used to make money and they kind of lost track of the competition or the ad spend or whatever uh, or the vendors keep, you know, inching up the price on them and they come to find out, hey, you know, out of the 150 SKUs that you're selling, 30 of them are losing you money. Are you sure you want yep. to keep doing that? Uh and they're they're, they're like, "Oh, I didn't even realize." Uh, I know, but that's, you know, that's what we're here to help with.
1: <laughs> no, I love that. And that that's why me not being an accountant um lean on tools like helium 10, because I know that brands are missing all of these points, like, simply understanding what their average shipping cost is, you know, if they're doing FBM instead of FBA, most of them don't know it, you know, and I'm like, Well, how do you not know that? How am I supposed to you know, how am I supposed to like, help you run this business if we don't have our data? You know, we have to get access to that we want to you want to pick a number to charge for shipping, and we just doing it off gut? Or do you have any idea what it actually costs you to ship stuff, you know, on average, um, I don't mean that any disrespectfully. It's just like these are the things that you have to pay attention to. You know, I think of Amazon as like a hundred dials, so to speak. Whether it's, you know, inventory turn or returns or like sell through rate or um, advertising or you know all these different areas that you can just dial in a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, um, and ultimately get. It's a machine driven by data, and you can get it really humming well. Um, you know, the best relation I have to some of that is like advertising. And that's really where I hang my hat at the end of the day, like kind of how I got into this space, um, was really just obsessing about the advertising before things had come out like the SEO and organic, like people didn't know uh, in the early days, but advertising was bringing in sales. And so, um, you know, it was like the more segmented I could get this, the more organized I could get this, the more personalized I could get get these searches and these products, Um, you know, you'll see someone that's just looking at, well, my overall, you know, tacos or my ACOS is, is right on target, you know, at 20% or 15%, wherever they need to be. Um, But there's still, there's almost always, uh, you know, wasted money still in there being spent and, you know, tools like helium 10 or seller board or any of those from the outside an outside consultant, I can see, Hey, we've got 20 here that, you know, maybe we need to back off on advertising spend or, you know, maybe we need to raise it $2. Um, You know, we've, Every seller should be doing that at least twice a year as a practice, you know, to just dig into those. And it can also be like, where do you focus? So like, you know, understanding where to focus as an owner is really important and making decisions around where to spend your time. And, um, you know, you could spend time on your bottom 10 or 15% of your SKUs and see a lot of growth in your business just by focusing on the right ones. Um, so no great insights. I got, a, I got a couple, couple more for you. Um. Another one that I wanted to ask was like, and I think I know the answer to this, but I'm setting you up for this one. Um, You know, can can Amazon sellers DIY their bookkeeping?
0: I haven't seen it work very well. No. I mean, we get projects all the time where somebody says, I've done my own books for a couple of years. And um, but, you know, I'm just too busy to do it now. Can you guys take it over? like I can take it over but it's going to look a lot different and you'll probably benefit from me going back and cleaning it up because your stuff is way wrong. And you know, this this impacts people a couple of different ways. We just had a client recently, we got a $75,000 tax refund because again, he had a bookkeeper didn't know what they were doing combined with a CPA who didn't really know much about Amazon and you know, he had a pretty good sized business. And he got a letter from the IRS saying, "Hey, we think you owe" Eighty-five thousand dollars, and it, and he wasn't a client at the time, but he said, "Hey, can you guys help me out? I know you kind of know this space better than I think my local guys do." Not so. Not only did he not owe eighty-five thousand dollars, we got him a seventy-five thousand dollar refund. That's so, insane. I mean, people think, "Oh, I'm saving the the two or three hundred bucks a month I could pay Capforge for doing my books. I'm saving that money." But but are you, <laughs> right? Maybe you're costing yourself in ways you don't even realize. And our goal is whatever we're charging you. You know, obviously it depends on the size of your business and what you've got going on, but whatever we're charging you, the goal is that you're going to make that back two or three X at least in how we can help you save money, run your business better, be more efficient, cut waste and, you know, increase opportunities, right? So it's not a cost. People look at it and go, I pay this much a month. So it's a cost. Yeah, but how much are you saving? How much are you benefiting Correct. from it? In this case, this guy went from owing 85000 to getting $75,000 back. I mean, a swing like that, you could you could pay for bookkeeping for the next 20 years with that savings, and that was just one year, one time.
1: No, I get it. And uh, I feel the same way with my services. You know, someone can say their, their account's going well or e-commerce is going well. Um, and it's not just... What we're going to grow you in top line sales. It's all the efficiencies, you know, that we find and that we get into and we dig into as experts inside of it. Um, I'm not trying to make that in a, any kind of sales pitch to anyone listening. I'm simply saying like, there's so much to this that um, if you don't have the right people in the right positions, you can be leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, you know that old cliche saying dollar saved is a dollar earned you know um and where are we leaking money you know i like to i like to give sellers kind of this pitch so to speak like when i'm really getting on board with them and understanding what roadmap's going to look like for working with us or launching or whatever the case might be and it's like you really got to be into are you in a growth mode or a lean mode you know and i think that Um, You know, in a growth mode, it's like, look, don't pinch your pennies and, you know, don't worry about saving every dollar. And it's just like, go out there and grow and launch SKUs and, um, you know, buy that brand and take off and like do what you got to do. But there has to be a time where you come back. You know, and I like to do it in kind of like three month increments almost or, th- you know, three to six month increments. And then you lean up and you're looking at all those areas. You can save all those areas. You can plug holes, um, you know, save a dollar. And a lot of that comes down to things like inventory management, like a lot. I launched a warehouse in 2020 at the beginning Um for my own brands as well we have seven or eight brands that are part of our family that are in the, uh, that, that use our services as well. Um, and it was just like, look, there's so much money to be made simply on the packaging of the products, the return process, um, cutting back on returns, um, you know, creating sets and packs and, you know, cause you're looking at those SKUs, that single's not doing well, let's create a two pack or a four pack and find a way to make this profitable. Um, you know, so all of the different aspects, all the way down to you know accounting and everything else. Um, you know, we talked about we talked about this a little bit, but selling the ecomp is like, what impact do you think having proper bookkeeping can have on that valuation um, or that exit? How important do you think that is?
0: It's it's huge. I mean, it, it's really hard to to understate. You know, what a right. Books, the right numbers is going to do for you. Just yesterday, we had a call with a client who's, who, um, you know, we'd done his books and cleaned everything up. Then he gave it to a broker, and the broker went through and did their uh, add back process. And then he came back to us and said, "Do you think they got everything?" And we found another hundred thousand dollars that the broker had overlooked. Now, when you're selling for a four x multiple, that hundred thousand dollars is worth four hundred thousand dollars in the sale so you know he started with clean books and then we helped him even further make sure he was getting the most out of it if your books aren't clean to start you're going to have a hard time getting the max value then you're going to have exactly like we mentioned right they're going to hand it off to the forensic cpa the accounting firm that's going to tear it apart and if your books aren't ready for that they're going to find all kinds of problems and they're going to use that as a tool to say hey Yeah. Now we don't trust your numbers. We've got issues. We were, you know, we were going to offer you four X, but based on this mess, and we're uncertain now we're going to only offer you three or two and a half or whatever it is. And you're dropping tons of money that you could have easily avoided by having it done. Right. So it's just, you know, the, for the little amount of money that you're going to spend to get it right, you're going to see that come back in the, in the sales situation, you know, a hundred X it's just ridiculous to not have it prepared. Right. And not be in the best possible shape. I mean, if you had a business to sell every week, maybe you wouldn't care so much, right? But chances are you spent three or four hard years growing this thing, skimping, sacrificing, not taking money out so you can continue to fuel growth. Why would you leave any money on the table when you finally are ready to exit? That's where you get all the payoff for that hard work. So you know, and every dollar you overlook is worth four or five, whatever your multiple is. So that's not the time to skimp and hold back and try and save a few bucks because whatever few bucks you're saving, it's costing you a hundred X that.
1: Yeah. And tell them, Hey, my books are in such good shape. I saved you a lot of time. I want X amount added to my sale.
0: I mean, I I would do it for being, you know, for looking clean and organized. People are much more likely to gravitate towards a business that looks like it's simple to run and efficient and well set up and and clean versus one that looks like a total disaster.
1: 100%, like I have learned that the hard way. Uh, you know, I'm on the consulting side, I'm on the cleanup side. So, you know, the difference in taking an account that's cleaned up and we just get to hit the ground running and, and grow it versus one, you know, because a lot of times someone's gonna, these VCs are gonna hi, gonna buy your company, to anyone listening, they're gonna buy your company, then they're gonna hire me or someone like me to come grow it uh because you didn't do it probably uh you know and so i'm more willing to take on brands that look cleaned up and ready to go and they look sharp and you know things are humming um and that happens all across the board but definitely comes in when the the buyer knows their cost of goods and that, you know i'm asking basic questions and they they can give those answers and so it's not a thing to say oh my god be overwhelmed you don't know what's going on or like feel insecure about where you are with your business it's just like look now is the time to start getting this stuff cleaned up and get ready um, and know your business is work. Whether you wanna exit or not, it's great for you to know where you stand um, and you won't regret it, I promise you guys. Um, Before I go into the next point, I just wanna give a a reminder that today's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Helium 10. Helium 10 is over 30 tools to help you research, start, manage your business on Amazon. Get all the tools you need to run and grow your business by signing up at helium10.com. Hustlers get 50% off by using code HUSTLE. Um, where, where do you think this space is going next? We're in this like kind of mergers and acquisition space, but like the brands aren't going away, you know, they're still continuing to sell on Amazon. Um, is it just going to be kind of like, you have to be a more sophisticated seller to be on this platform or like the bigger boys, or do you still feel like there'll be space for, um, you know, the kind of small business sellers on the platform?
0: I think there's still a huge amount of opportunity for everyone, but I think, you know, competition is increasing, right? A lot of people see the opportunity here. They're going to get into it. Uh, You know, some of the overseas manufacturers are now trying to go direct and create competition that way. So it's in the early days, you could sort of fly by the seat of your pants. You could Mm -hmm. make mistakes and recover quickly and still keep growing but it's not that anymore. You really need to be on top of your game. And to your point earlier, it it is like flying a plane, right? It's like a 747. You've got all these dials and buttons and levers. And yeah, you can sort of not crash completely into the ground by just looking out the window and just controlling the main stick. But if you really want to excel and do the best and get the highest and the farthest, you've got to look at all the dials, all the buttons, all the gauges and keep optimizing and keep making sure that you're doing things right you know, it is a data driven game and, and the data is there, Like you can see how you're doing on all these different metrics. It's not, nobody's, you know, nobody has a secret advantage or they have insider information, right? We all have access to the same reports, the same data. It's whether or not you take advantage of it and whether or yeah. not you use it as a decision-making tool rather than just saying, oh, I think this will work. or I think red will sell best. Or I think, you know, this ad copy is fine. You know you got to be testing you got to be trying things you got to be reading what the data is telling you and maybe you thought red was going to be great but turns out green outsells red two to one so forget your ego right go down. green yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go with green
1: that's don't be that's attached be to the decision. product be attached to the profit you know
0: exactly exactly um, that's you're running a business right if it's just a hobby you don't care about making money it's just you're just in it for the ego fine but if you're running a business and you want to be profitable then the data is there to tell you how to do it
1: Yeah, I love it, man. It sounds like we'd be best friends. So (laughs) um, do you guys like, do you work with these Amazon sellers? Like I know a lot of Amazon sellers or just e-commerce sellers are in lots of different channels, you know, like walmart.com, maybe they're on Chewy or Instacart, Shopify, Um, you know, for, for a lot of your Amazon sellers, are you doing more than just Amazon or are you kind of really niche there? Okay. No, a lot
0: of our sellers uh, are on multiple platforms. Um, you know, it's interesting, most of the FBA private label guys are trying Amazon. They are, or sorry, Walmart, or they're trying their own Shopify stores, but those amount to three or 4% of their total sales. They, they don't make a big dent we do have some clients who drive hard on their own channel. Like they'll have a Shopify store and they'll advertise on Facebook hard. And, you know, a lot of times those products are kind of like the, as seen on TV products, they grab people's attention. They're, you know, an impulse buy or whatever. Um, or some people have really spent a lot of time building up their own audience, getting driving traffic to their own stores. So we do have people who are kind of across the board selling all over the place and not just, you know, Amazon us, but Canada, Mexico, UK, EU, Japan, Australia, all those places. Um, so it's interesting and people ask us, you know, where should I grow next? How should I move forward? You know, should I move into the UK and EU and, you know, or should I try walmart.com and You know, so we're always looking at these opportunities with our clients. What have we seen? What do we recommend? How can they grow? What should they be careful of, you know, in in expanding and a lot of clients? um, You know, one of the things that seems to be popular now is a lot of clients are wanting to manage and and launch multiple brands. So they're setting Mm -hmm. up these silo companies. Each one has its own entity, its own EIN, its own Amazon account. They're building their own brands and then they're running them kind of as a, as a group. They're, you know, sort of a mini aggregator model or mini buy and, and expand model. So, I mean, we're happy to work with all of them. I, I learned from all of our clients. I, you know, I always come across people who are doing something new and, you know, great. And that if there's something I can share with what they've learned, you know, with some of the other clients that might help, um, you know, I want to be a resource for all of our clients across as many channels as we can.
1: I'm really glad you brought up the uh, international stuff because, you know, my method has been, you know, keep your ear, ear the ground hear The horses coming like what's Amazon doing, you know, and Amazon, like, you know, anytime Amazon comes out with something new, or they're pushing something my, you know, I'm listening, what's going on. And um, they're pushing international expansion, they have been they're pushing it more now than ever. I'm um, seeing tons of growth, you know, Amazon or uh, Marknology has, I think we're in 11 countries, 11 Amazon countries, mm-hmm. um, right now. So we're in a lot of different markets. Um, and those conversations with new brands can be can be a little bit much uh in regards to tax and really the accounting side more than anything it's like the amazon stuff itself it's not that difficult um you know we have localized translation and a lot of the same systems and softwares and you know we're taking what we did on the dot com and just you know bringing it to the france market or germany or wherever that might be um using fba but what really gets tricky is that and you right. know understanding import tax and export tax and Um, You know, those kinds of things can, you know, get you in a get you in a jam. I've seen that happen. Um, But also huge, huge, huge opportunities like, um, you know, uh, we've taken brands to Australia um, to help them with seasonality, you know, for example, uh, because we're in opposite seasons there. And um, so, you know, as the Amazon marketplace is becoming so international and so global um, and seeing where they're going with it it seems like a no-brainer to continue to expand if you're doing well on the amazon platform um, so really awesome that you kind of brought that up and, and a huge opportunity for for sellers or e-commerce people um, you know i i get so excited honestly about it because you know there's and you know, think about how many people told Jeff he was had a bad idea or wasn't going to work. Like there's literally news clippings for years and years about like what he was doing and wasn't going to work. And in a way, we're piggybacking on that in some ways, right? Like saying like Hey, you need to be on Amazon. You need to sell. Um, you know, and kind of picking up on that. But like. Uh, so I'm passionate about people that don't understand the platform, but it's like, you know, if you have a small brand, these brands that aren't national brands, uh, that are trying to grow here in Kansas city or, or, you know, wherever across the country, um, getting them national, getting them international where they're selling in Australia at a big clip or they're in Canada and just dominating Amazon Canada. Um, knowing that their footprint can never get there is, is extremely exciting to me. Um. And so it just becomes like, look, as you're getting bigger, as you're scaling, you got to be even more organized than you were before.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of amazing, really, when you think about it, not that many years ago, if a little brand out of Kansas City wanted to go international, how hard would that be? How much complexity would there be for them to sell in the UK or even Canada or Mexico or Australia? And now here's this platform where you can take basically what you're already doing in the US. First of all, you can reach coast to coast in one shot, but now you can hit all these other platforms, all these other marketplaces really almost at a push of a button, which is, I mean, it's just phenomenal opportunity for these guys who never would have, you know, crossed state lines even a few years ago. Now they can be in all these countries, all these different. So I think, you know, for the people that see the opportunity, and are willing to embrace a little risk, I I think it's a huge opportunity. And for the ones that aren't willing to do that, they're going to find themselves with a smaller and smaller market share over time because they're, you know, they're just not, they're going to get passed by.
1: Yep. Speaking of data, um, just got my hands on a really robust tool that um, really breaks down market share. And, um, you know, just being able to see new sellers get into the market or, you know, what, what market share my current, buyers or sellers or brands have. um, It's just really cool, because it is just so data driven, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of my confidence comes from in this space as a consultant is simply around, it's your choice to use the data or how to interpret it. And um, when you're able to make data driven decisions, like the accuracy is just so much higher than work operating off your gut, you know, your chances of success are just so much higher. Um, I really don't feel like I'm taking a gamble a lot of times, um, you know, when I'm looking at the data and just being like, okay, this is the move that we make. This isn't a gamble. This isn't a risk. Um, and then also, um, you know, for all the haters out there that that don't love Amazon or that think it's a monopoly, you know, there's the pros and cons to anything, just like social media can have pros and cons with Amazon. Um, you know, I, I know what I've been doing the last nine years and, you know, we're taking brands, American made brands, brands from all over the world, really. Um, whether it's Italy coming here and helping them expand during the pandemic, like that was awesome. Uh, or, you know, those, some of those countries were entirely shut down. Or, you know, taking products here and getting them into Canada Australia, whereas a small business that had a hard time with seasonality. And now they're seeing like a lot of growth in their like typical slow time and getting healthier as a business. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it's not just a big monopoly. It's not just Jeff Bezos and, you know, the Goon Squad, so to speak, like benefiting off of this. It's, it's brands and sellers all over the world.
0: Yeah, I, I mean it's a huge platform that it, you know gives opportunity to anybody that wants to step up and take it. You know, it's not an insiders club. You don't have to have you know millions of dollars to get started in this. Uh, it's there for the taking. It's it's the opportunity that you know almost anybody can can get into. I mean, we've had people start with do start by doing retail arbitrage. You know, buying yeah. twenty bucks worth of stuff and flipping it on Amazon and kind of learning the system, learning how it goes. Then they get into wholesale and eventually graduate into you know, private label stuff, and it all started, you know, so somebody who says, oh, it's just for insiders, or it's just, you know, it's a scam, or, you know, all the money is getting, no, 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 there's, there's huge opportunity there, right? If you don't want to see it, or you don't choose to participate, fine, that's on you, that's your choice. But, um, you know, it's definitely not something that is exclusive, or unique, or you have to be a genius, or you have to have gone to college and gotten an MBA or anything. No, I mean, it's a huge opportunity that literally is changing the lives of, of, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people starting these side hustles and some of them growing into six, seven, eight figure businesses that, you know, didn't exist 10 years ago. So I I think it's, it's huge. It's awesome. You know, and if somebody wants to get involved, I I love to be able to help them, you know, get there and, and see their growth, see their success, you know, be a small part of that with them. Um, to me, uh, that that's what keeps me excited every day.
1: Well, you've got me sold. So I feel like I'm about to sign you up with too many problems already. Um, you know, but I love this space, too. It's why I got into e-commerce. I am not from, um, you know, I have an awesome heritage, but it's not a legacy of wealth or finance or status. Um, you know, just a self-made guy from the bottom, really. And um, that's why I love this space, because I didn't need to have you know, I used to tour in a, in a band playing music for five years, like while I was in school, and I was prof- I was professional playing, you know, like, I think one year we played like 96 shows. Um, so like, really out there doing the thing. And, um, you know, kind of what I realized once we started getting somewhat successful is just such a boys club in regards mm-hmm. to, you have to have somebody that says you have the look, not just the talent, but the look a lot of times you know, you know, YouTube, Spotify, all these things have changed things. But when I was doing it, You need a label to say yes and put you on, and um, that was just one example. But there's all these areas that people want to be in that they need somebody to say yes, or they need somebody to say yes. You're in the club, or you have to have a membership. You had to some have somebody put you in there. Um, And I was talking about this yesterday on a podcast um, with Ecom Collective guys, and um, we were talking about how it's crazy how in this space, everyone's so collaborative for the most part. And it's just like agency owners. We don't even feel competitive. We're just like getting on podcasts together and talking and sharing. And, um, I'm like, you know, because I feel like the culture of where this came out of, Was, you know, look, people looking for side hustles, people looking like more of like that hacker anonymous type group of like techie guys with open source code being like, hey, look, this is what I learned. Hey, look, this is what I learned. Um, Just like your Facebook groups that exist that like a lot of the the Amazon community exists in these types of Facebook groups and meetups and things like that. It's just different than the rest of the business world Um, because you don't have to be part of a boys club. So people choose to be part of the community by choice instead of having to like, you know, be accepted in. Um, and, you know, I just think about the differences between a lot of business that I've seen, a lot of business I interact with and, um, you know, being being one of the industry leaders in this space and just seeing how everybody interacts with each other. And it's very collaborative and Um, And I think, that's, I think that's amazing. So to your point of just like, if people want to get into it, they can. Um, you know, Marknology for the most part is not dealing with, arbitrage or wholesale anymore. And we're dealing with more of the brands and the manufacturers, but I definitely started there. Um, and just, you know, I wanted to get more control. I wanted more data. I wanted more tools to play with, so to speak. And like, you know, the big, the bigger brands, the bigger manufacturers have sexier margins, you know, they have like, they might have influencers and marketing budgets to actually like do a lot of the things you want to do, get more data. Um, so it's really more me wanting to play harder a little bit and then, uh, you know, getting the tools. Um, but this has been awesome. I can talk about Amazon forever. I'm just super passionate about, you know, e-commerce in general. Um, where can people find you? And I guess one other question, um, Matt, before we go is who's too big or like is I know you've, you deal with someone 110 million. So I'm not going to I'm not going to assume anyone is too big, but like where's kind of the entry point for someone um, looking to engage with CapForge um, as a seller?
0: So, I mean, I'm happy to really talk to anybody and and we have conversations all the time with people who are still getting started. They haven't even gotten sales yet. They're just getting their product going They're you know, and, and, you know, I tell them, look at this point, you're not really ready for us. You don't need us. Once you start selling, getting some revenue in, then let's talk again. But I would always rather start sooner than later. Right. I don't want to have to go back and catch up a year's worth of stuff for you because that's a year's worth of data that you didn't have until now. You couldn't make any good decisions with it. Right. It's already a year gone by. So let's start kind of as soon as you have some revenue coming in and this starts to make sense. But I mean, as far as size, yeah, you know, there's not really an upper limit, Um, I would say. A good chunk of our clients are between half a million and five million in revenue, but you know they're really all over the place. Um, and and I'm happy to talk to anybody. And if for some reason we're not a fit, you know I'll be the first to tell you, hey, you know, for what you need, we're not the best choice. Because I don't want to. With you know,
1: 750 clients, it doesn't sound like there's not that many. <laughs>
0: I don't say no a lot yeah (laughs) i don't say no a lot but you know should 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 a situation like that come up right i don't want to start down the road with them and then six months in they're disappointed we're disappointed we you know part ways and kind of hard feelings and whatever right i'm gonna tell you right up front look i've got plenty of people i can do a great job for so for some reason i can't for you you know i'll be the first to tell you But yeah, I mean, in this space, we've really built up a lot of expertise. It's what we do every single day. So there's not a lot of people I feel like we can't help. And we definitely, you know, as far as our prices, we try to keep it super reasonable so that if you're small, you don't pay much, you know, as you grow, it still stays really affordable. Um, you know, that's just sort of how I run the business. I, we probably could be charging more, but to me, like if we're doing all right, then that's we're we're good. Um, as long as I can fund our growth and hire great people and, and do all right as a business, then, you know, I'm good. Um, so, yeah, and it's worked well. I mean, we've you know gone from zero e-com clients to, you know, over 700 in the last five years and we're growing at a growing rate. So I, I got no complaints. Everything's going super here.
1: Well, I'm glad to have you in our space. It's, it's good to have someone to be able to turn to um, someone to be able to recommend, you know, I have a great CPA and a great bookkeeper. They don't know e-commerce um you know and i feel like i'm in a b2b business for the most part but you know as we're continuing to grow it's just i know the complexities around it um there's no way you know it unless you've just dug in and i know you guys have spent a lot of time doing it so it's really great to have you i i feel like we're trailblazing the space together um yeah. i think there's you know several hundred of us that are out here like you know creating businesses or running businesses that are really setting the standard for um you know e-commerce and amazon and and you know um a professionalism to what we do. So, um, yeah, just a uh, colleague to colleague. I really appreciate, you know, you, you jumping into this space. So you're the first I've heard that's really specialized in, uh, in the Amazon space. Um, and I've been doing this nine years, so, you know, uh, that's a long time, but capforge.com. Is there anywhere else people can meet you? LinkedIn, Instagram.
0: Yeah. We're on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all under CapForge. Uh, It's, you know, you can find us under CapForge for, you know, that name is unique. It's us, but really the website is the fastest, easiest place to reach out. There's a contact form uh, or a phone number. You know, I'm happy, again, to chat with anybody, set up a time we can get on a call. I can kind of tell you what, what, uh, you know, answer your questions or talk to you about whatever you've got. And again, if we're a fit, great. If not, no problem. You know, uh, I'm happy to help people. I feel like it. you know, karma is a real thing, it comes back, right, one way or the other, whether you're paying client or just a referral or just somebody who had some questions, it's all good. Um, So yeah, capforge.com is the best place to find us.
1: Matt, thank you so much. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was Helium 10, cutting edge software that helps grow your business on Amazon. Start your own journey by visiting helium10.com to scale your business today. Remember to use Hustle for half off. Hustlers, I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks. Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.
1: We do it.